Welcome to More Than Miss. We missed you guys. I hope you guys had a really great week. Right? Yeah. Yeah, we do. Right. Welcome. Yeah. yeah, welcome. Um, Every week, Haley and I talk about various things from all over the world and all over the time periods and universal structures of time itself. <laughs> yeah, we do. There you go. I was like, we have universal no rules. structures have, of time. We have itself. no guidelines. We just talk about whatever we want to we talk just about. Talk about whatever we want to talk about. That's kind of what it's, you know, kind of morphed into. Kind of. It's turning into that, but mostly I also... me being like, I don't like the rules that we set up, and I'm going to talk about things that are interesting. Hopefully, yeah. We don't have <laughs> rules anymore. We have none. None rules. <laughs> We're lawless. Um, I feel like I haven't talked to you all week. That's because you haven't. You've been avoiding me. I've been reading or I've been listening to a book on my commutes and I call Haley on my commutes. And when I'm listening to a book, I don't call Haley and then I don't feel like I've talked to Haley all week. So <laughs> here we are. Here we are. Sorry. If there's, if there's a delay, name. it's because there's a delay in your, in our phones so i apologize i'll try not to look at you i guess oh yeah that happened last week where i our recording was fine yeah i couldn't look at you on the screen because i was like <laughs> it's not caught up i can't i can't do it <laughs> yeah it gets a little bit confusing i have to shut my eyes anyway yeah, just don't look at me just don't, don't look, look at me, me. <laughs> um no we took our kids out today to pike street market we live in mm. seattle and we haven't been out there in a really long time and so let's go and so we went and just spent all day there and then they're awesome. like can we go out to lunch and i look at josh and i'm like we can go out to lunch but when <laughs> i get home no one can look at me or talk to me because i have an episode to record tonight <laughs> that i haven't started <laughs> yeah sometimes that happens yeah so it's he just, was like okay that's fine you can just go up and do it right away and i was just like okay it's just fresh in your mind that's all it's real fresh real fresh yeah this is gonna be a real fresh episode from both of us so get ready the good thing is that i at least knew what i was talking about this week and i didn't have to pick something an hour and a half ago yeah whatever <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I have no experience with that no whatsoever. Idea. I'm so in control of I can't even lie about it. Like <laughs> oh, it's wild. Did you find anything fun at the market? I love the market. It's so much fun. Yeah, I got I... a new book. What did you get? Oh, I don't have it with me. No. It's Neil Gaiman though. Oh, yeah. And it's so I was like, I looked at the um, I was just like kind of looking around. My son was looking at um, graphic novels, and this no gaming book was like tucked in there. And I was like, what? Ooh. What is this? You know? So I pull it out, 
And the bookshop owner, he's like, oh, my God, I read that book in two days. It's about a baby that's raised by ghosts. He's like, it's so creepy, but I couldn't stop reading it. I was like, what? Uh, okay. So I don't remember what it's called, but. <gasps> raised by ghosts. Right? That sounds. Um. Oh, it's called The Graveyard Book. Oh, that's that... an appropriate title. That's it. <laughs> the Graveyard Book. That's it. So, oh my gosh so. wow i'm reading a lot right now oh my gosh so am i that's maybe why i knew about my subject on monday probably not i'm not gonna talk about it you knew about your subject or why you didn't i know. yeah i was trying to defend myself <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, I'm in a lot. I'm reading two books right now currently. Like I'm listening to an audiobook when I'm driving in the car. Yeah. And then I have like a nightstand book. Yes. And so all of my free time is taken. I'm like, I don't know what I'm, I'm supposed to research because I'm reading. <laughs> I'm reading. I'm busy. I'm busy reading. Research? Yeah. Podcast? Not Podcast me. Podcast who? <laughs> I'm like, can we we're gonna have to get to a point where we just do book reviews once a month we're oh like okay we're not gosh. talking about mythology anything just gonna talk about our books i mean if you guys would enjoy that let us know because we're down <laughs> yeah we're down if if there's a week that i i get to just share what i've been doing in my free time instead of researching instead of researching like we're supposed to like our like this is our job you know i know oh my gosh it's a lot of work it is. It's a lot of work. Yeah. it's I, The hardest thing for me sometimes is picking what it is that I think that like you're interested in or might be interested in. Or sometimes it's I'm like, oh, you know, this is really interesting to me. But then I'm like, oh, Corinne's going to think this is lame. That's so that's <laughs> first off. Let me tell you, that's so sweet of you. I oh. don't think about <laughs> I don't think about if you're interested ever. <laughs> I'm like, wow. Do I want to spend the time learning about this thing? Wow. <laughs> and then I'm like, yeah, okay. Because well, I feel like you have to be excited. Yes. I think no matter what you tell me, if you told me something you weren't excited to talk about, I'd be like, why did you tell me about that? You didn't yeah. seem to give a shit. Because you can tell. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... I don't know. I haven't been able to tell if you haven't been interested in your subjects because every single thing that I think you've talked to me about has been like, oh, I didn't know about that. Or, oh, yeah. Well, that's you a and cool I've fact. had this discussion a lot where we're like, there are thousands upon thousands of things we can talk about. You know, oh like, gosh, we haven't covered a dragon or Bigfoot or, you know, like mm -hmm. any of those things. But if I'm not in the mood to learn about it, then it's harder. I don't. I'm not going to do it. Yeah. Right? So it's I like understand. you have to find the thing that's like that captivates you that week. Mm hmm So, you know. Agreed. Agreed. You, it, you never know what you're going to get. It's like a <laughs> box of chocolates. <laughs> All right, Boris Gump. Well, I don't even know what his mom's name is. All right, Mrs. Um, Gump. <laughs> right? <laughs> that's what this podcast is. It's like a box of chocolates. Oh my god, it's you like a box of chocolate. You never know what you're going to get. Know. Every week is an adventure. We never know what we're going to get. We, I I love that we're just like, yeah, we're talking about 
a demon house and you know greek gods yeah exactly whatever like it's it's a variety it is a variety it's a wide variety it's like an old-fashioned and a cupcake (laughs) i do want to give a shout out we had um uh we've had some more twitter activity lately and it's been really exciting to see just some other podcasts coming out and supporting us and like the Goddessy podcast retweeted our post from today for the episode that came out this week. <gasps> um, and so, and then like Nick from the Tennis podcast is always liking our stuff and like oh, that's supporting awesome. us. So I just wanted to give those accounts some shout outs. We appreciate you guys. Um, oh yeah, we do. Thank you. Highlighting us and even your retweets mean a lot. So yeah. Thanks. Yeah. That. Yes. What Corinne said. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Also, shout out to our new followers on Instagram because I'm more on Instagram, Twitter. I don't. I don't know. I don't Twitter. I guess. You but don't yeah. Twitter. I don't Twitter. It's um, all right. Yeah. That's what I have you for. That's what I'm here for. It's perfect. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Is it my turn? Yeah. You go first this week. Okay, I'm going to hurry through this because I want to get to yours faster. <laughs> okay. So it's going to be like I'm on caffeine. 1.5. Yeah, so your <laughs> your your hint on your episode name was kitten. Kitten. And yeah. I don't know if you sent me that in your emoji t- in your emoji. I did. Did you? I did. Yeah, Corinne sent me uh <gasps> I sent her a teaser. Yeah, so I know that you really like – I know that you like dogs. I know you're a dog person, but do yep. you also like cats? Are you a cat person? Yeah, I like cats. You like cats. Okay. I like cats. You like You want to know what my dream cat is? What is your dream cat? A sphinx cat. Well, it just so happens <laughs> that – I'm going to talk about cats in ancient Egypt. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to talk about the Sphinx, but I am going to talk about, yeah, I am going to talk about cats. I just cats. love their nakedness. They're so cute. <laughs> they are cute. <laughs> they are very cute. Um, so yeah, I'm going to talk about cats in ancient Egypt. I'm so excited. Yes. So in 525 BCE, so before common era, the Persian king, Cambyses II attacked Egypt. And the pharaoh at this time was Sametek III. So uh, Herodotus, 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 whoever, I don't, I'm not sure how you pronounce it, but he was a Greek, ancient Greek historian, and he kind Mm -hmm. of documented what happened. So according to Herodotus, uh, Cambyses invaded Egypt after being, after being insulted by Amasis, which was Sametek's father. And I apologize if I'm mispronouncing these names. Uh, So Cambyses had written to Amasis and had asked for one of his daughters as a wife, but Amasis was like, I'm not going to do that. And uh, he sent the daughter of his predecessor, the pharaoh before him. Okay. So when the young woman gets there, she tells him you know, I'm not actually his daughter, and it makes Cambyses really angry. So he accuses Amasis of sending him a fake wife and <laughs> mobilizes his troops for war. Because... Wow. 
yeah, it's it's a big slight. It's it's this is not okay. Mm-hmm. So he comes against the city of Pelusium, which is in a key position on the Nile Delta. And at this time, Amasis had died, and his son Sametek had become pharaoh, and he wasn't as experienced. So to exploit the Egyptians' weakness, he. Cambyses orders his troops to round up all these various animals and they put dogs, sheep, ibises, and cats in front of their, they have their front line and they're all holding cats and dogs and sheep in their arms and they had painted cats on their shields. Okay. So the Egyptian soldiers, they come together in war and they're afraid to hurt any of these sacred cats. And so they basically have little resistance because they don't want to accidentally hurt these cats. Okay. And so Why are they this, considered sacred? Are they already t- a step? Okay. I'm going to tell you that. Okay. This okay. is just like a an interesting battle that was basically decided by cats. Okay. Yeah. So the Persians, it allows the Persians to take Pelusium. Okay. So cats aren't, they weren't really considered like they weren't worshipped, but they were considered something that their gods and goddesses could actually inhabit. Oh, okay. They could kind of take that form. So how long were cats in Egypt? Like, how long was it that they were loved so much? Does that make sense? Did that Was that even English? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Cats weren't domesticated in the Nile Valley, but the earliest record of cats domestication comes from an area known as the Fertile Crescent, which today covers um, southern Iraq, Syria, Lebanon, Jordan, Palestine, Israel, Egypt, parts of Turkey, and Iran. So in this area, the river Tigris and the Euphrates would flood regularly, and it would make it so that they these people that lived back then could have large granaries and silos. And then because of all of this food, you would have mice and rats and all other sorts of pests, and those pests carry diseases. Right. And so the cats would actually come into these villages, and they would keep the pest population down. Mm-hmm. So the people were like, oh, these animals are doing us such a great favor, so they would start leaving them food and water, and slowly these cats become accustomed to humans. Right. They're like, ooh, this lady always has... Delicious things for me. Yeah. Right. Yep. So the earliest evidence of cats and humans living together comes from an island in Cyprus. Comes from the island of Cyprus. Sorry. Mm -hmm. Um, And archaeologists uncovered a 9,500-year-old grave of a cat buried with her owner. Uh, They were found with seashells and polished stones. And this grave predates early Egyptian art by more than 4,000 years. (sighs) That was that's insane. Did yeah. you say 9,000? 9,500 year old grave of a cat buried with her owner. Yeah, so this predates early Egyptian art by more than 4,000 years. Wow, it's crazy old. Um, so cats probably arrived in Egypt on board trading ships, but it was possible that like those early villagers in the Fertile Crescent, you know, because the Egyptians would have grains and things and they would have big Mm -hmm. silos and they, it was probably column A, column B. They came in from areas and they also probably came in off ships. 
Uh, mm-hmm. But people started feeding them and giving them cat toys and, you know, like making them family pets. Right. So I did see something that says that the there's evidence that the majority of the world's cats can trace their ancestry to an Egyptian cat. It's crazy. <gasps> yeah. Oh. Yeah. So I'm assuming that they, you know, as um, the Egyptians only had a single word for feline. It was mew. <laughs> <laughs> Which translates to literally meaning he or she who muse. <laughs> okay. Some people were named after cats. Uh, there was a pharaoh, Pommy, whose name means tomcat or he who belongs to the cat, which is referring to Bastet, who I'm going to tell you about in just a few minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, so in Egypt, they, they didn't just kill rice and rice. <laughs> 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 Come here, you put, rice. I, I'm gonna I get put, you, you rice. <laughs> I put rats and mice together, and it rice. Made rice. Rice. <laughs> so they didn't just kill rats and mice. They mm-hmm. protected homes from snakes, which were typically poisonous, and scorpions. Mm-hmm. They were admired for their hunting skills, their beauty, their fertility, agility, mm-hmm. as well as their ferocity. Because even now, like a house cat can. Yeah. <laughs> Do some serious damage to you. For real. Mm-hmm. So one of the first artistic depictions of cats was found in a tomb of an Egyptian official named Baquet the third, which was dated to the 21st century BCE, which shows a cat going after a rat, portraying how important they were in keeping people's crops safe. Right. Okay. Yeah, so in 1450 BCE onward, the cats start showing up all of the time. Um, They are, it's during the time called the New Kingdom era, which lasted from 1520 to 1075 BCE. Um, And there is a really famous fresco found in a tomb of Nebamun, Nebamun which shows a painting of a cat attacking a bird, which Mm -hmm. shows like their owner and this cat going out on a fowl hunt, which is really kind of a unique piece of art. It's about 3,500 years old. So it's kind of the, the relationship between humans and cats has evolved from them just eating rats to actually being a like hunting companion, right? You know, just a companion companion. Um, so they kind of, it was said that they were kind of domesticated twice by Egyptians, like the first time just feeding them and kind of bringing them in. Mm-hmm. And then the second time kind of modifying their diet, which would make them, you know, they don't have to be camouflaged as much. So their colorings would change, their patterns would change, their bodies would become smaller. Um, and I mean, the Egyptians would selectively breed these cats to get, you know, what they wanted out of them. And it was, they increased their tolerance for humans, um, It got to the point that Egyptians would actually, like, they could put collars on them. They would dress them in gold. Um, They were allowed to eat from their plates. And they were considered part of the family. So royalty would have them. Mm -hmm. um, Noble families would have them. And whatever was popular with the nobles and the royals was popular for everybody else. Mm -hmm. So... Um, Egyptians would wear cat amulets 
or other jewelry to <laughs> invoke the goddess Bastet's protection and blessings. Um, if you had a dream and there was a cat in your dream, it would indicate that you were going to have a good harvest that season. I don't know. I, I don't know if it had any other meaning because I'm assuming that not everybody would have a harvest. I well, I mean, everybody would benefit from a plentiful harvest. Oh, good point. No matter who you good are. Point. That's true. Good point. I'm here. I got you. Thanks. So, um, as time goes on, the scenes inside of tombs shift from being more outside to becoming more indoor scenes. So, okay. cats were started to be depicted as being near or under their owner's chairs. Um, mm -hmm. There's um, one painting I saw that there was a cat sitting under a chair eating a fish. Um, but they were usually depicted as being under the wife's chair, and this has a double meaning. They were important to the entire family, but they also symbolized fertility, feminine, femininity. Why is this so hard to say? Femininity. <laughs> so there are other scenes that depict cats wearing gold. Um, sometimes they, like in busts, they would have earrings or they would have their septum pierced mm -hmm. i don't actually think that they did that in real life i kind of looked into that but that i think that that would have hurt i mean it would have hurt the cat and that was not okay it was right. not okay to hurt a cat um so in 1350 bce prince prince tutmos uh who was the eldest son of pharaoh amenhotep the third his cat died and she was buried in this beautifully decorated limestone sarcophagus. Her name was Tamu, which translates to the female cat. And she is depicted on the side of the sarcophagus in front of a sacrificial table. And there's like a, what looks maybe like, like a chicken or maybe a duck that's mm -hmm. in front of her on top of other like sacrificial jars mm -hmm. and her sarcophagus reads i myself am placed among the imperishable ones that are in the sky for i am time you the triumphant <laughs> this cat had an ancient burial yes like, yeah yeah holy it's shit pretty crazy yeah so if if a cat died if a beloved cat pet cat died the family would actually shave off their eyebrows as a sign of mourning to show everybody like my cat just died. I'm in mourning and they would stay in mourning until their eyebrows grew back. <laughs> wow. Yes. Okay. They were, that's their lives pretty... weren't all that long to begin with. Like, no. How long did you have a cat normally? Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't even know. But typically, so archaeologists have found them where they, the remains were old cats. They died mm -hmm. of old age and they were really well cared for. So, you know, just a fat, content house cat, really, mm -hmm. you know. Um, they were, so it kind of progresses and it was, um, cats started to be mummified as a offering to the goddess Bastet. She's also sometimes referred to as just Bast. Mm -hmm. uh, and they were often buried at Bubastis, where there's a temple there to the goddess Bast. And it would seem like they would actually raise cats here to be specifically sacrificed. Wow. Yeah. Um, 
1888, there was a tomb that was discovered that allegedly contained an estimated 80,000 feline burials. Maybe I should have put a trigger warning at the beginning of this. Wow. Now, I don't know how long of a time period this was over. I'm assuming probably a while. And if you didn't have a cat, if you didn't own a cat, mm-hmm. you can come to one of these temples probably and get a cat mm-hmm. to be sacrificed to the goddess or be buried with. So, like I said, they didn't actually work. A kitty mill. <laughs> yeah. Essentially, yeah. In 59 BCE, so this is right, this is during Cleopatra's father's time, Mm -hmm. um, there was a Roman visitor who accidentally killed a cat, and the punishment is death. (gasps) So this guy, Diodorus Siculus, wrote, whoever kills a cat in Egypt is condemned to death, whether he committed this crime deliberately or not. The people gathered and killed him. An unfortunate Roman who had accidentally killed a cat could not be saved either by King Ptolemy of Egypt or by the fear which Rome inspired. So they wow. all converged on this dude's house and he met an awful end because he accidentally killed a cat. So it was also illegal to export cats to neighboring countries, which mm. obviously led to an undercover cat trade <laughs> cat smuggling trade yeah, yeah. black market mm-hmm. black cat market black black cat market <laughs> shut up <laughs> that's so good oh my god ah, this is exactly this is exactly the reason why i'm doing this podcast with you <laughs> Uh, so court records confirm that armies were armies armies were occasionally dispatched to rescue kidnapped cats and return them to Egypt. Okay, so Egypt, the original crazy cat ladies. <laughs> Ex- that's yeah! what we're that's what yes! we're that's what we're discovering. Yes, about ancient Egypt today. Yeah, the okay. original crazy cat ladies. Yes. Wow. Get the armies ready. Yeah. Our cats have been kidnapped. Catnapped. <laughs> in the black cat market. Catnapped. <laughs> oh my god. That was good. Our cats have been catnapped. They've been catnapped. <laughs> we must get them back. All right. So. Uh, which goddesses were depicted as cats? There was actually a few of them, but the two mm-hmm. I'm going to talk about was the goddess Bastet and the goddess Sokhmet. Okay. So Bastet was originally depicted as a lioness goddess, but over time she um, changes into a woman with a cat head um, uh-huh. or just a cat in an upright position. Yep. Um, it is thought that the translation for her name is she of the ointment jar because some of the hieroglyphs used to write her name one one of them looks similar to a jar mm-hmm. um and one of the jars in king tutankhamun's tomb has a cat head on top of it okay. so it's thought that maybe she was a protection goddess um okay. other scholars claim that her name simply means she's from the city of bast it's really it's all up for debate i mean it's it really is so hard to know Right. What they actually. We can't ask them. No. And this, it's, yeah. Anyway. Um, <clears throat> she was the daughter of Ra, Sakhmet's sister, and the wife of Ta, 
the mother of Mihos and the daughter of Isis. Although this one only sometimes it's not always, she's not always the daughter of Isis. Mm-hmm. Um, I did see one article that states that she's both a part of Ra and separate from him, but at the same time is considered his mother, sister, wife, and daughter all at the same time. Interesting. Uh, mm-hmm. <clears throat> she's the goddess of cats, the sun of the east, of fire, of love, intoxication, music, mm. dancing, joy, celebration, fertility, secrets, magic, and sex. She sounds like a great time. She, she sounds like a great time. Uh, she <laughs> she's also known as a goddess of war oh. because, like I said, cats can rip your face I mean, off. you you get your army. Yep. Yeah. Uh, she protects households and individuals from disease and evil spirits and offers protection to women that are pregnant. Oh, uh, she is the prote- yeah, which it makes sense because cats are actually excellent mothers. Right. They they really are. Um, she was the protector and guardian of Lower Egypt. Um, she is often portrayed holding a cistern, which is a musical instrument that they would shake and it would rattle. Mm-hmm. Um, she would often have kittens at her feet, showing her protective and nurturing side, as well as symbolizing fertility because, you know, cats have litters of kittens. Mm-hmm. Um, some, sometimes she was depicted as a nurse and the protector of Pharaoh. And she was also considered like the OG domestic goddess. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Um, so it was believed that every day she would ride through the sky with her father, uh, Ra, protecting him at night. She would turn into a cat to protect Ra from his greatest enemy, the serpent, the serpent Apopis, Apopis, um, being depicted slicing his head off with a knife in her paws. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's nicknamed the Lady of the East. She has so many names. It's just um, it's crazy. So she's nicknamed the Lady of the East, Goddess of the Rising Sun, and the Sacred and All-Seeing Eye. She's also known as the Goddess of the Moon and was thought to be the Eye the eye of the Moon and the Eye of Ra. She's also called the Lady of Dread and the Lady of Slaughter. But I think that that ties more into her sister, Sakmet. Okay. I'm going to tell you about in just a second. Yeah. So that goes tell- back to evil eye because like, yes, that's what yes. the amulet in the Egypt. I, yeah. It all ties in together. Everybody's um, got a little bit of everybody. Mm-hmm. Anyway. So I'm going to tell you a story about how, if you came against Basta, mm-hmm. she would punish you. Ooh. So this is a story of a Prince Setna. Um, he steals a beautiful jeweled book from a tomb and the inhabitants of this tomb tell him like, Hey, don't steal this book. If you do terrible things are going to happen to you. Yeah. He doesn't care because he's a prince and he's probably a little bit spoiled. Just and he touch. takes the book and leaves with it. And he goes to Memphis and he's near the temple of Ta. And he sees this beautiful woman and she's with her servants. And he immediately is like, I got to have her. (laughs) So he asks around and he learns that her name is Tababu and she's the daughter of a priest of Bastet. He's never seen anybody more beautiful than this woman. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He sends her a note. He's like, hey. You want a date? Yes or no? Exactly right. <laughs> Circle yes. Circle no. Yeah. <laughs> but if you do, I'll give you 10 gold pieces. <laughs> oh, 
And so he gave, he gave her like he's, candies too. He's, or... Yeah, he's propositioning her for sex. Right. <laughs> like, doesn't care about anything else. He just no. wants to bang. So she returns a counter offer and she's like, uh, meet me at the temple of Besta in Saqqara. That's where I live. And you can have everything you want. Whoa. So he's like, all right. Hot all damn. Right. All right. So he travels to her villa and he's, he, he's ready. He, he walks in her house and she's like, <laughs> I have some stipulations. Hang on a minute. Mm-hmm. So she tells him, you have to sign over all of your property and your possessions to me. Now, he's a prince of Egypt. He's the son of the pharaoh. He's like, I don't care. Take everything I have. Take everything. I just want to bang you. (laughs) So he agrees and, like, moves to kiss her. And she puts her hand out on his chest. And she's like, no, I'm not done telling you my terms. She tells him that his children must be sent for, and he has to sign documents agreeing that his children are now hers, and he has to sign all of these legal documents so that there can be, like, he can't come after her in the end. Yep. So he agrees and has his children sent for. So while he's signing these papers... Tababu disappears into another room and she returns wearing this slinky linen dress so sheer that he can just see everything. And he's like, oh, my God, what are you doing? Like, (laughs) (laughs) how very dare you? This is terrible. So he's like signing away his kingdom. He's signing away his kids. And she's he moves towards her again. And she's like, no, I have one last thing. You have to kill your children so they can't. I know. Sorry. Sorry. You have your children have to be killed so they can't like go back on our agreement. And he agrees. Oh, my like He's like, whatever. It doesn't matter. His children are killed and their bodies are thrown in the street. And he's like taking off his clothes and he goes and he's like hugging her and kissing her and she throws her head back and screams and disappears. The villa disappears and he finds that he is standing naked in the road with his dick in a pot. <gasps> dick in a pot. Yep. <laughs> so he's standing naked in the street. And the pharaoh comes in his chariot. and. Prince Sutton is completely humiliated. He's his dad's like, "What are you doing in the street with your dick in a pot?" <laughs> and he, Sutton is like, "I apparently gave away the whole kingdom." He's like, "Are my children okay?" You know, and he's like, "Your children are fine. They're back at the palace." <gasps> and he realizes that he's been punished because he took that book from the freaking tomb. <gasps> So he goes back to the tomb, puts the book back, and to make further restitution because of what he did, he travels to another city and retrieves mummies buried that should have been part of this tomb and has their bodies placed in this tomb so the whole family is all together. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. So in this story, she would take the form of a beautiful woman to punish a wrongdoer who violated a tomb. Anybody Mm -hmm. that breaks the law, I mean, she's going to come against you. 
but it would also serve as a cautionary tale to men who viewed women only as sexual objects. Mm-hmm. And that they well, could never know whether we dropped the ball. Yeah. <laughs> because you would never know if you were in the presence of a goddess and what could happen if you offended them. So, you know. Yeah. You know. Where did this lesson stop being taught? I don't even know. But we're here to reteach it. We're here to reteach it. God. Yeah. It's just a cautionary tale. Just like we like to tell usually, you know. A word of caution. A word. If yeah, what Hercules should fight. (laughs) (laughs) We've been watching a lot of Hercules. It's like can't get it out of my it's head. so good it it works it fits okay so real quick the next goddess we're going to talk about is sakma mm-hmm. and her names means she who is power she who is powerful or the one who loves ma'at she's depicted with the body of a woman with the head of a lion wearing a sun disc and sometimes she's depicted as, with a serpent around it mm-hmm. um she is seen with the as the protector of pharaoh and she is the one that leads them into war um, she's also known as the Lady of Pestilence, the Red Lady, the Lady of Terror, as well as the Lady of Life. Um, mm. she, she's not one to fuck with. Um, she is the goddess of the hot desert sun, plague, chaos, war, and healing. <laughs> I thought you said dessert. <laughs> hot dessert sun. Well, and I was like, hot dessert. <laughs> And then you said sun, and it made sense. But I was like, <laughs> immediately like molten lava cake. Yeah, that works. I was like, that's really specific. <laughs> the ancient Egyptians and their their molten lava, cake. their molten lava desserts. God, Jesus. Okay. Okay. Let me try that again. <clears throat> She's the goddess of the hot desert sun, plague, <laughs> chaos, okay. war. And healing. It was said that she could breathe fire, and the hot winds of the desert was like her breath. Um, oh. So it is, I, like I said, I think that it they were kind of like, maybe they were the same person, but they kind of had two different sides. Almost like, yeah, two different sides. I don't want to say personalities, but kind of. Yeah. Um, like you'd have this really, you know, calm house cat, unless it's two in the morning and they're ripping around the house. Mm. Or you'd have Sakmet, who is this terrifying death goddess. Right. Um, so the ancient Egyptians believed that Sakmet had a cure for every problem, but she was also the goddess of plague. So like she had the secrets to kind of like stop these plagues. Um, and she wouldn't ever send them against her friends. Um, so the Egyptians to stay on her good side, they would offer her foods and drinks. They'd play, they'd play music for her and burn incense. Um, they would also whisper their prayers into the ears of cat mummies and offer them to Sakmet. So probably going back to all of the cats that were mm-hmm. mummified. Um, she was the patron of physicians and healers, kind of going back to the goddess of play, goddess of life. Uh-huh. Um, she was created from the fire of the sun god Ra's eye when he looked on the earth, and he created her as a weapon of mass destruction to destroy oh. humans for their disobedience to him and to and for not living according to the principles of Ma'at, who was the goddess of justice, truth, harmony, and cosmic balance. Mm-hmm. And she came up with these 42 different ideals that people were supposed to live by, which was like, um, I... 
which was some of them. I'm trustful of my relationships. I do the best I can. I invoke laughter. Um, I follow my inner guidance. It's a lot of things that I read that were very similar to things that people try to embody now. Yeah, I don't think, I think ultimately when you strip away everything from human life, that there's got to be like some basics that are throughout all kinds of of it, right? Yeah, kind of like your keystone things to live by. Yeah. Yeah. So she comes up with these 42 different ideals and people aren't obeying them. Right. So Ra becomes angry. Because they're not preserving justice or balance. And he sends the aspect of his daughter, the Eye of Ra, Sakmet. But mm-hmm. so it says he plucks Hathor from Urius on his brow, which Urius is the serpent goddess, mm-hmm. which would protect Pharaoh. So it doesn't like, so he plucks Hathor from Urius on his brow. And sent her to Earth in the form of a lion. So Hathor became Urius, became Sakmet. Sure, I think I don't know. It's it's that one's really confusing. Um, but she turns into Sakmet. She turns into this lion-headed woman, and she rampages. All right. She doesn't care if the person is good or evil. She is just out to kill everybody in her path. And she kind of becomes history's first vampire because she's like just killing people and drinking their blood. Um, it says that the fields ran with human blood. And in the beginning, Rob was like, Yeah, I'm glad that you're teaching them a lesson. But then like she doesn't stop. Right. And her bloodlust is like totally out of control insatiable it's yeah and he raw feels terrible he's like all right you can stop now you can stop now and she's not stopping and Mm -hmm. he orders her to stop but she's totally crazed like she's in such a bloodlust that she can't stop so he goes and gathers up seven thousand jugs of beer (laughs) and dyes them red with pomegranate juice and puts this enormous beer flight in her path beer like serves it up yeah like i was thinking like like here's a cup here's a cup here's yeah. like in a lot like you know a great big beer flight a great so big she, beer flight a great big beer flight so she gorges on all of this blood quote unquote and becomes mm-hmm. so drunk that she sleeps for three days straight <laughs> so yeah when so she wakes fun. up she's probably she's totally like she's probably totally hung over <laughs> yeah uh and she's lying she, around sh- lying lying around <laughs> wow oh, oh, i was like that's God. gotta be a good line it's gotta be well you found it you're <laughs> on a roll i didn't even know <laughs> so she wakes up she's just lying around and uh humanity was saved because she drank seven thousand jugs of beer there you go so thanks, there you Ra. go yeah thanks Ra. there you <laughs> go that wild. is that is some of the information about cats in ancient egypt and the goddesses that are depicted as them i love it
All right. Are you ready for part two of the seven? I'm so ready. Okay, sorry. I'm so excited. (laughs) (laughs) This is so big. We'll see if I can get through it quickly or not. Don't know what's going to happen. Or not. It might take 10 minutes. Who knows? What? (laughs) Probably not. Okay. So we last week we talked started talking about the seven deadly sins. We talked about where they came from. Pretty much a bunch of white men were deciding what these virtues slash not virtues were um, in relation to the Catholic Church and God and all that jazz. Last week we kind of left off um, with the classification of demons that was written by Peter Binsfield Binsflood. Um, yeah, there's no I. Ben's flood. <laughs> and I said last week he's well known in for the witch trials in Germany and had gained the trust of the people. And then as he published this list of demons, he was respected and thought to be really intelligent. So everybody kind of starts believing this whole concept of the seven princes of hell. Okay. So quickly before we dive into, so last week we talked about wrath. We got through kind of all the history of the sins. And then I spoke about wrath or Satan, which is the personification of wrath in demon form or the demonification. Nope. Nope. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) I'm just going to leave that where it was. Now come back. Um, and like kind of discussed what he's known for and what he might look like if you were to come across his path, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but first I have to tell you my most favorite dream of all time. Your favorite dream? Yeah. Okay. I had a dream once, and it's still very, very vivid in my mind that I was the assistant to the devil. What? <laughs> was his name Mr. Needful? <laughs> <laughs> no. No. Nope. <laughs> I just showed up. It was like, it was kind of, I just was in this dream and it was kind of like a nightclub (laughs) and I'm like in charge of everything that's happening. Right. I'm like, you do that. You do that. You did that. And they're like, yeah, we need these answers. You've got to ask Lucifer what's up. Go ask, you know, like, I'm like, okay, okay. I'll check with him, but he's never helpful. I don't know why you guys asked me to go to him. Like I know more information than he does. And they're like, uh, okay, we'll check with him anyway. So I go to his office. Satan's like office. a trap door, right? And so I go <laughs> to Satan's office and it's like a trap door. And I poke my head in. He's standing on his desk and he's little. He's just like, <laughs> like the size of a cat, but standing up, right? He's not very big. And he's just this like red devil, right? With oh my gosh. And, you know, just very like cartoony. Iconic. Yeah. Yeah. And he's just dancing on his desk, like wiggling. I'm like, hey, Satan, it's me, your assistant. Remember, um, they need your information on this. And he goes, oh, hey. And he just like keeps dancing. And I'm like, can I get like, you're supposed to be doing this stuff. Like, can you give me an answer? He's like, you've got it. Have a good night. And like shuts the door. Just keeps dancing. Just keeps dancing. And it's like, I don't know. I don't know what I was going through in my life. But to dream about a demon dance party. Yes, but it was so funny. And he was just like so nonchalant and very nice, but also hey. just didn't give me anything. 
<laughs> I can't help you with that. I'm dancing. Sorry. I'm busy. Figure it out yourself. Yeah. It was, it was super weird. So anyway. That sounds was, about right. It sounds about I right. I love that dream. So oh, my God. So um, as I said also last week that I'm kind of just stay, sticking with the classifications of demons um, and going from there. But then like I talked a little bit about Dante's levels of hell. I feel like that's going to be an entirely separate episode slash eight part series. Probably like, eventually. So yeah, I did just want to do a quick little overview of what the levels of hell are. Uh, first level is limbo. Second level is lust. Third is gluttony. Fourth is greed. Fifth is wrath. Sixth is heresy. Seven is violence, eighth is fraud, and ninth is treachery. So, do you go to these levels if these are the sins that you commit and you die? That's that's kind of the gist I got from it because okay. there's certain like there are each of these princes of hell have like a ranking. So Satan is mm. the sixth prince of hell, mm-hmm. but I would figure he would be on the floor with wrath or violence. Yeah. So I don't know. As I said, these are two separate kind of lists. So I don't gotcha. know okay. how they really interact with each other. But gotcha. I wanted to give a little bit of that back backstory. So now we're going to talk about some sins and some demons. Woo. Here we go. <laughs> Woo. Woo. I'm fucking pumped. I'm excited to learn about some fucking demons. Bring it on. Okay, so these are in no particular order. I just put them in this order, and then this is what we got. So I'm going to go ahead and start with sloth, and I'm going to define the sin and then its personification and some of the things about it and what it looks like. So here we go. So sloth is the sin of laziness, procrastination, and being unproductive. It's considered a sin because you should be putting in the time and work into your life and your communities. So this is a tool to make people feel like they're not doing enough and like you're not contributing enough. Mm -hmm. Um, But then there's also just like this. I was kind of going back and forth with the sins this week because I was like, oh, these were used. These were a tool of manipulation. Mm-hmm. But then I was, I'm like, I got done to pride when I was reading about pride and, and greed. I was like, oh, there are some really like unsavory things about greed too, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm like, I'm in this kind of back and forth. Like, are they really moral compasses? Are they tools of manipulation for people? Are, you know, yeah. What's really, what do you gain from them? So anyway. Um, the personification of sloth is Belphegor, and he's the seventh prince of hell. Mm-hmm. Um, he is considered the chief of laziness. Um, <laughs> and like when you first think of sloth, I always think of like literally the animal, right? Slow, yeah. doesn't do anything, but he's actually very skilled in manipulation and deception. Okay. And like is also a symbol of vanity. So with that being okay. said, he like can manipulate people to do things for him. So he can he can manipulate and deceive people into doing things for him that would benefit him. 
right? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. and he also symbolizes vanity. So, mm-hmm. kind of thinking so high of oneself that you don't really have to put much work into anything because you'll have other people to do it for you. You just convince other people to do your your dirty whatever all of your work, right? Yeah, all of your work. Yeah, it's not to be dirty. <laughs> yeah, and so how he would look, um, he can take many forms, uh, but he can it. He'll do whatever suits him best for the task he's needing done. So if he's needing, you know, work to be done in a factory, he'll stand in as a higher up for that company. You know. Oh sure, like, yeah. kind of more modern representation ceo yeah right so it's like you know that kind of thing Mm -hmm. he's also known to convince humans to come up with ideas to make them rich or wealthy and i was like how is this that's not bad but but we'll talk about it in a minute okay um so just remember that little fact okay sometimes he is pictured as a naked woman to seduce people to come to him. So, like, bring them oh, in okay. to then yeah. say, hey, I need you to do this thing. It's, like, kind oh. of this picture of ultimate manipulation, which is, it yeah. kind of makes me mad. Catfishing. That He's, it's like, like, the ultimate catfish. Right. Or it's, like, the fact that a woman is the the one you uh. would do these things for, right? So I'm, like, mm, really? Mm. <laughs> 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 um, but... In his monstrous form, he's just that leathery skin with wings and horns and claws and long, sharp teeth. Like, oh, really demon-y. Yeah. Do they all kind of look alike? Because when you think of Satan, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of that same. Do you think they all kind of look really similar? If Some he, of them? All of the like when I was doing my research on this, there was a lot of different like fan art and a lot of different um, just representations. I saw one like poster of the seven deadly sins Mm -hmm. that they were all pictured as animals, just like gluttony was a pig and and was a snake, you know? And so it's like, Mm -hmm. I think they can take a lot of different forms. I don't, I mean, I've seen the artwork is all over the place. I have okay. I haven't seen anybody like look really identical. Okay. You know, there's there's usually this one feels more of like more like a demon bat. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Or mm-hmm. or something along but more what lazy. Yeah. Lazy something demon along bat. those lines. You know, it's so okay. there's one layer okay. that's like kind of a, a wolf. So Oh, okay. So there are some different representations. These two, the last two, though, like Satan and Belphegor are just pretty similar. Okay. Um, so gluttony. The sin is uh, mostly associated with the consumption of too much food, but gluttony goes past that. It's enjoying anything in excess. So mm-hmm. too much alcohol, too much sweets, or just focusing on one part of your life. Like you're never fulfilled with the things that you should have in moderation it's mm-hmm. a lack of moderation yeah um the representation or personification of gluttony is beelzebub um and that actually translates to lord of the fly or lord of flies and he is the fifth prince of hell um he was worshipped in an ancient ancient city of akron 
um, but was struck down by God because he was actually filling the role of a false god. He wasn't oh. actually a god. And so God's like, well, no, you're not. Sorry. And he can be traced back in numerous religions and civilizations. And in the Book of Solomon, he's often um, associated with Lucifer and and even Lucifer's second. So oh, okay. he's mm. pretty high ranking. Mm-hmm. Um, he's also like an all-around troublemaker. He plants the seeds of temptation, lust, murder, just to name a few things. Jeez. You know, so he's kind of just has his hands in everything. Yeah. Which maybe that's why he's gluttony is he's yeah. can't get enough evil yeah, yeah, yeah. at all, you mm-hmm. know? Um, but other than that, it's not super clear why Peter put him as gluttony. Okay. There's not a like a glaring connection. Hmm. Um, his description was the shortest. It was literally like he's pictured as a giant fly with a crown. <laughs> like, but I also saw a lot of artwork where he was like overly fat or yeah, disgustingly um overfed, you know. Yeah. Right. Food hanging out of his mouth, that kind of thing. So there's lots of different creatures that were created with that, too. Okay. I saw one, too, where he was had kind of fly-like eyes, but a human body. But he reminded me, like, a Dementor. You know, like, with a big hole for a mouth and, like, long, skinny. Yeah. So... I I mean, if you're interested, I highly recommend looking up some of the, like, artwork behind these because they're super – there's just not a lot of hard facts about what they specifically are or look like, which, I mean, evil is always changing, so maybe that's why. Yeah. Um, well, greed. You know, the guy kind of made this up. Right. <laughs> that too. <laughs> it's not real. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so greed, the sin of greed, is an overpowering desire for material or immaterial things. Um, some common descriptions of greed are selfishness, desire, excess, insatiable, or possessive. So greedy people uh-huh. aren't thinking about the welfare of other people. They're just thinking about themselves, and enough is never enough. Yeah. Um. So Mammon is the personification of greed, and he's the second prince of hell. This is the first translation um, was meant just money. Mammon meant money. Oh, Um, okay. In the Middle Ages, it starts to shift, and he starts to become a little bit more personified. So it's just like greed is Mammon, and Mammon is this demon that's just this kind of representation representation of money. And Mm -hmm. then that shifts in the Middle Ages with art with art growing and the personifications kind of changing through these seven princes of hell and whatnot. Middle ages start to shift. Artists and writers begin personifying the demon of greed, money, and wealth. Um, In the book of Matthew, he is referred to as a false god. And you cannot serve two gods, meaning that if you desire wealth, then you are truly not serving God at all. And you actually Mm. despise him. So going up, back to sloth Mm -hmm. where he can give humans the ideas to become wealthy or rich Mm -hmm. which means removing them and making them greedy it's like they're working together yeah to put the like distance between god so greed or mammon is actually usually pictured as a wolf-like demon 
it's okay. interesting because many cultures represent greed with wolves or foxes. Um, oh, yeah. And so he's usually golden with black scorch marks and horns that come and that like horns and then horns that come up th- from his spine and on his elbows. And then he has claws like a dragon and also a dragon's <gasps> tail. What? So he's wild. Wow. Yeah, that is wild. Pride. So we've talked a little bit about this in the last episode, but now we'll kind of cover it a little bit more in depth. So pride is considered a sin because we we take credit for what we've done and not give that glory to God. Yeah, right. (laughs) I'm just the messenger. (laughs) Sorry. That was a big big eye roll from me. Sorry. Uh, It's just this is the one I have the biggest problem with. Is just like yeah. really, um, mm-hmm. so the sin is actually also of self love or arrogance. Um, and this is the side of pride that I like, I'm like, oh, okay, so arrogance or thinking you can do no wrong, oh, yeah, or you're mm-hmm. considered perfect in every way, yeah. right? So that side of pride, I'm like, oh, we right. all know those people that you're yes, like, yes, we do, you can't just admit you're wrong. Uh, yeah just it's easy just say yeah i was wrong it's really not that hard it's not it's not sometimes we're wrong (laughs) which is why we have a mistakes episode oh my god which is coming up it's coming we know that don't worry we know we got some stuff we got to clean up we just have more stuff that's coming to clean up yes it's gonna be great sorry um okay so pride is said to sever the soul from grace and is believed to be the truest form of evil um, well, why is that? It's because the personification of pride and the hellscape we've heard about is Lucifer. Um, God's own fallen angel, Lucifer is said that to be one of God's most brightest and beautiful creations, and which conti- contributes to his pride and you know leads to his demise. Um, Lucifer is the first prince of hell. So in the Old Testament, he's referenced twice, but that translation only means morning star. It is not referencing mm. a demon in the Old Testament. And mm-hmm. then in the New Testament is where it changes and he gets referred to as a demon. I don't, I haven't oh. read the Bible. I don't know if mm-hmm. this is like his rise and then his fall, or if this is like in this isn't continuity error, you know, like. I don't know. I haven't read it. I don't know. It's been a hot minute. A hot minute. Wow. Years. I never noticed that either. It's interesting. Mm -hmm. So, Hmm. um, so after his fall, what does he look like? Unlike the others, he remains beautiful. Mm -hmm. Um, But in place of white wings, there are black ones. Um, his human form is very put together around forties, casual beauty, and his wings can be summoned. Um, in his demon form, we see a little bit more of the evil within, um, sometimes goats, hooves, floofy hooves, floofy hooves, claws, (laughs) and dragon, a dragon's tails, uh, fangs, and a dark scowl. So still human E looking, but then with mm. these kind of added 
evil touches. Yeah. Um, it made me think of Angel from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Did you ever watch Buffy? Oh, sure. No, yeah. but I know what you're talking about. You know, like he goes from this yeah. pretty form to his mm-hmm. demon form is a little bit more like, whoa. He's very intelligent and he's able to convince his followers to do his bidding. Like, there's okay. not a lot. He doesn't have to put in a lot of work for anything. Yeah. He's very convincing. I'm like, all right. Um, I do I mean, the power ups for him. Okay. So where there are archangels, he's considered an arc demon. Um, oh, he also has divine demon demon influence. So, like I said, he can get anybody to do his bidding. Like yeah. where there's divine influence in the good realm, quote unquote, yeah. he's got the stuff that can make you do just about anything. Yikes. Unlimited intelligence and almost absolutely invulnerable. Yeah. Is there anything that can kill him? Like, can you kill him? I mean, up until until this point, you know, I mean, he's still going strong. How do you kill a god? Yeah. How would you even do that? Make him mortal. (laughs) You have been watching too much. I told you. He's changing (laughs) every last drop. Drop. (laughs) Okay. Um, So now we're going to go to envy. So envy is jealousy or coveting something or someone that others have that you Mm. don't. Envy is a slippery slope because it's considered to be like innately everybody has envy in them. Mm. And it's Mm -hmm. just like it can fester and grow if it goes unchecked Mm -hmm. right so it's like everybody has envy everybody has a level of it Mm -hmm. and then it's like you have to check yourself and you can't let it get to you right Mm -hmm. so i thought that was kind of interesting because this was the only one that people that where it was referenced that like everybody has the capability of it and it was oh yeah this evil that's there Right, this evil quote unquote that's there, but you're in charge of making sure like it's checked. And I guess it could fall into all of these, but this was the only times that it was referenced the envy was, you know. Yeah, but it could be just a little thing like, you know, oh, I like your I wish I had your whatever. Right. You know, oh, I like your car. I wish I had your house. I wish I had mm-hmm. your money, whatever. Yeah. So right. It's an easy. I mean, you do it all the time. Like, right. I complimented a girl's shoes today and was like, oh, I really like your shoes. Like, I was being envious because I really liked her shoes. They were freaking cute. I wanted them. I wanted their shoes. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So Leviathan is our fourth prince of hell. And um, it's not the enormous sea monster that we know when Mm -hmm. we say Leviathan. But... It kind of is. So (laughs) this demon is responsible for disposing of all... humans guilty of envy by swallowing them whole whoa um he's actually known as the gatekeeper to hell and leviathan is usually pictured as a giant sea serpent so he kind of is or like a whale but his mouth is literally said to be the gates of hell yuck so you're consumed by on entry uh yeah i was like um in his human form he's seen as a teen with long dark hair and purple eyes 
similar to the human, but he also has gills, sharp teeth, and pointed ears. So it reminded me of like Luca. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, he's a sea monster person. <laughs> and then our final sin, lust, because uh. lust has to be last. <laughs> um, so this lust is an overpowering desire to have something that you probably shouldn't have. Um, lust is usually attributed to sexy time, but you can lust after <laughs> Money or powerful or power or things. <laughs> I was not expecting you to say sexy time. <laughs> uh, oh, <laughs> excellent. I'm gonna work on it. Um, so less is also being is like called back to Adam and Eve and Eve's lust for knowledge to gain from like eating the apple on the tree. Mm. So it's like mm -hmm. that wasn't that was like she lusted after having more knowledge, right? And so that's an example of it. it's not always sexy time. <laughs> so as you see, it's, it's more than just sex. It's the sexy time of the book. Osmondias is the third prince of hell and is re responsible for lust and distorts sexual desires. If you go to hell, you would go to the second level of hell. For if you go to hell for lust, you'd go to the second level of hell for all eternity. I don't know what that consists of. I was gonna say, just like, like is that orgy? orgy? <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> I'm like of all of them. Of all of them, like all right. All right. All right. <laughs> I don't I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> so I actually have a story for him. So he actually falls in love with a lady named Sarah. Uh, and and he's so like covetous of Sarah. She can I believe she's human. She keeps trying to get married and he ends up murdering seven of her husbands because of his jealousy and possession he feels over her. Holy shit. So each of these men get murdered wow. on their wedding night before they're able to consummate their marriage. Wow. And so can you believe like I just had this weird picture of like her being like, God damn it. What the I fuck? want to be married and like he's like you know you're not allowed to do that she's like i'm gonna try again like she is not giving up she's not giving in oh my god so finally on her eighth marriage the archangel Raphael suggests burning some fish guts over some wood and the smell keeps the demon lust of lust at bay jesus you couldn't have told her that the first time yeah why does it take and why does it take yeah. a bunch of dicks um he's also mentioned to be at the construction of the temple of solomon and there's a passage in the book of solomon that he actually marries lilith and takes her as his demon queen and oh. i said i feel like we'll learn more about lilith later mm -hmm. i only read that one spot i didn't know that i haven't heard that before so i was like i don't know if this is true maybe yeah, it is know. maybe it's not we'll find we'll out find out um he is usually pictured as a half human, half animal, or he looks like a human completely, a human, but with completely black eyes and two rows of shark's teeth. Oh. Mm -hmm. He has no hair. 
but oh. has two giant bat wings that come from out his from his back. Yikes! Yeah, his human form is a twenty-somethings guy with yellow eyes. Okay, and his woman form is a woman with like big tits, small waist, big ass. Yeah, purple hair, and she can also summon horns. Oh, so yeah, interesting. Those are six of our seven princes of hell. Wow. Our seven deadly sins. A journey. Into the depths of hell. Into the depths of hell. And Wow, that was great. And we're home. And we're home, safe and sound. No demon summoned or anything. No. Perfectly great. I don't know about you, but like finding out that the classifications of demons was just written by some dude who was self-righteous definitely took it down a notch for me and tortured people yeah yeah it's like oh you're actually evil yeah i mean the things that they would do to other humans to get their confession is so it's so beyond fucked up right and they're doing it in the name of god oh yeah absolutely it's fine right. that so I it's like over they're, they're like, the ones who are oh. the good guys question yeah. mark question mark question mark, mark? times so, yeah. a billion million Ugh. yeah i'm also really let down that lust isn't like sexy as fuck <laughs> <sighs> thanks for tuning in you guys and putting up with our crazy antics this week yeah, and we were lively yeah we were lively i think it's like we lost an hour of sleep and now we're just like oh my gosh where I am i i forgot about it? that what time Remember to check us out on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Um, share with your friends. Tag tag us in things. Ask us questions. We love to interact. We keep an eye on them at all times. Most of the time. Most um, of the time. And we, we'd love to hear you guys' feedback if you have any. Um, we also are working on building our next mistakes episode. So please, if you hear anything wrong or you think that you know more about it than we do, which is, you know, 100%... Possible. Totally possible. Hundred <laughs> percent possible. Um, we will never be offended or upset. We'll actually, the minute we start getting fact checks all the time, we're going to be like, yes, 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 yes. yeah. Knowledge is power. Like knowledge we is love. Power. We love it. We love. We love it. We want to share right facts. We want to share, you know, all the information. Yeah, definitely. So if you hear anything wrong or you want to clarify something, let us know. Send us an email at more than at gmail and we will put it in our next mistakes episode. Yeah, we will. Wherever you podcast, we podcast too. Uh, just follow, share with your friends, subscribe, give us yep. a rating if you have a couple minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're a five-star podcast on Spotify. Did you know that? I did. I saw that the other day and was like, oh! That's so insane. everybody who's given us five stars, we love you. Thank you oh, so much. Oh, thank you so much, you guys. Sweet. You are very sweet. Thank you. Anyway, as always, if you love us, tell your friends, tell your family, and tell your auntie. Ooh, tell your auntie and your uncle. Yeah. Until next time, stay curious. Bye. Bye. Bye.